This program contains topics that may be a trigger for some listeners. If you are affected, please call Switchboard or QLife 3pm to midnight daily on 1-800-184-527 or Lifeline on 131114, 24 hours a day. This is What Happens If with Daniel and Jan on Joy. Okay. Okay. All right, here we are, Tuesday. Another Tuesday. Another Tuesday where we ask the big old questiones. Una <laughs> Last week we learned a language. Tonight we get divorced. <laughs> was that a language? What was I speaking there? <laughs> That's a Latin-derived language spoken in Neverland. Where we've never been. And what we thought we couldn't have a year ago, gay marriage, we now can have... And we can also now get divorced. Lucky, 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 lucky. That's the question we're asking tonight. <laughs> what happens if we get divorced? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we uh, we looked into it. Yep. We thought, how long's it been around for? What's what's the deal? What's going on? What's the process? Because uh, really, I knew nothing about it. How would you? To be honest, neither of us have done it. No. How would you know? <laughs> but I also don't have. I also don't have parents who have been divorced um, or separated, which actually is rare. I think. Um, oh, I don't yeah, know. Well, maybe not. But well, my parents are separated, but they didn't get divorced because they were never married. Okay. So. Didn't have to worry about that one. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I'm sure there was plenty to worry about, yeah. though. <laughs> fact, but that, uh, that was something I was going to mention, which is that I, I'm not sure that I realised when we when we decided on the on the question for this week, that if you think about it, and I'm glad you played the, the trigger warning, because um, when you think about it, we are we're, we've designed a show here, and if people are listening and they are interested in this show for personal reasons, that, yes. that's that's hard. Yeah, and it is it is actually well we talked about it because maybe divorce is sometimes glossed over or seen as some kind of glamorous dramatic thing to go through. It's used as a you know it's always used as a plot storyline, for example. Yeah, I mean like, much like the things that we have explored, death. Um, yeah, or even the economy. I, I, I feel like sometimes divorce gets thrown into a into a bucket of economic issues because the the, the question I think that too often comes to people's mind is who gets the stuff? Exactly. You know. Yeah. And that's let's face it. Sometimes what the disagreement is about. Yeah. Um, and it's important to know the information. But let's remember for a second too that we're talking about. I think you said before off air that it's about it's a, it's a loss. Yeah, you're grieving. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so like we said, we had the trigger warning. So if this is too much for you, um, as we always say, we're not going to be offended. Yeah. Flick Should, around. Yeah, flick <laughs> Have a flick around. <laughs> See what else is out there, you know? Uh, some of it just won't be about this. Maybe get on Tinder. Um, we have some great guests. So before we get to what you're going to bring to the table, as you so yeah. often do, mm. I love it. Uh, Dr. Priscilla Dunkwest from Flinders University um, yep. will be coming up to talk to us about co-parenting. Fantastic. Uh, so she's a social worker researcher. Mm. And uh, so she's written some great stuff on the conversation, my go-to website. Yeah. And uh, uh, she'll be on very soon. And yeah. uh, our next guest... fancy and now we're going to learn more about it. Our next guest will be Christina Antinatis from KHQ Lawyers. Mm-hmm. I said that very well. You did, didn't you? And she'll be here to talk to us about the process. Yeah. Of... Nitty-gritty. Where it starts, where it ends, and all the yeah. in-between. Yeah, and there's a lot of in-between. There sure is. Oh, boy, is there some in-between. Um, so what did you find? Well, look, yeah, um, I sort of just got out, just got out there and sort of just started looking around. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a little hunch of where this was going to go. Okay. <laughs> where, I mean, there's a lot of numbers out there. There's a lot of stats. There's a lot of stats because... Well, I think Dr. Priscilla highlights in her article um, that there's, I think, 21,000 separations a year or something, wow. which just, with, that only includes children. So imagine yeah, all the right. others. Well, okay, so that that speaks to one of the things I've got uh, that I've got written down on this bit of paper, which is the ABS in 2016 recorded 46,604 divorces. Whoa! So I guess that is about double. Yeah. So I guess there's a bunch of people. Now the other thing, this kind of uh, what that tells me is that there's a bunch of people getting married and divorced without having kids. Yes. Right. So the other thing that's occurring is that 
divorces are declining across the last 20 years in Australia, mm. which I guess I'm not surprised by that. But is marriage declining? Not sure. No. Well, uh, I guess if, if, if divorce is declining and marriage is going up, then more marriages are lasting forever. Yeah. Or they're not. Or they're not. Or people are getting married less. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the things that's happening is that uh, marrying couples are getting older. That oh, makes sense too. That's nice. That make, that makes sense. Yeah. Not much older. Like I'm talking about like thirties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, definitely, uh, our, our friends, our, our cool friends who are yeah. getting hooked up now. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to a lot of weddings actually. I've been to a few weddings and hadn't been to one ever up until the last few years, and now I've been to a few. If someone wants to get married in the city that I live in, I would applaud that. Can I just say? <laughs> That's a general I announcement. seem to be getting on a your... lot of planes <laughs> for weddings. <laughs> I'm in yeah. Melbourne, people. Feel free to hook up here. It's kind of a sure way to a cheap wedding, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think that if you don't, if you... And we're not talking about weddings, but, but if you fly... You don't have to get a present. <laughs> really? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because you're the present. Absolutely. Is that how you look at it? Yeah. You're the present. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Um, what else is going on here? Okay, so there, there was what, there was some interesting stuff um, that follows on from the previous stuff I've, I've read out there. From the Australian Institute of Family... Oh, yeah. something. I don't know what the S stands for. Um, um. Societies. Mm. Um, <laughs> younger people more likely to get divorced. Yeah, well, like that kind of Again, makes sense. Makes sense because you you kind of rush into things, maybe made a mistake, and then you go, actually, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, I think we can make a, a fairly general statement, which is to say that um, hopefully today, when you learn about <laughs> what divorce is about, you might go, ah. <laughs> Maybe it is worth thinking it through a little <laughs> bit more um, before you go in there and go for it. Now, I also okay. So this 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 bit of research did go downhill a little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I was sitting next to you. There was a lot of because <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up on this website <laughs> called called World Topmost World Topmost dot com. Oh, I love those ones. Do you? I mean, I've never been to that website, but I love that kind of thing. It's just... I like lists. Top things in the world. Yeah. Lists. Okay. Well, this one is a listed divorce rates, like top 10 divorces, divorce rate countries. Okay? Yeah. Um, I've just, I've just highlighted a couple. Um, uh, number, num- the, the, the one that I've highlighted here is number, number four in the top 10. And that was, um, my, my, my motherland, Czech Republic. Oh, yeah. Where my family's from. Jan. Now. Jan. Yan. 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 Mm. Um, saying my name. Um, that's, the one, that's what we were doing just then. We just spent a little while saying my name. That's okay. It is fun, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this article was just so poorly written. I find yeah. it quite funny. We'll get to but, it. But, um, yeah, Czech Republic, number four, um, not doing too well. Apparently 13% of women just generally are divorced. Oh. They've been divorced. 11% of men, divorced. Just divorced. Well, I hope they're happier outside of those marriages. Well, that's one way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah. So that means you've got 13... 24. <laughs> I just did maths in my head. 24% of people who are who are a bit happier. Great. Great. Love it. Well, that works out. Well, I mean, there, there are a lot of stats out there and <laughs> God knows we could not have brought you to... Well, I, I guess I guess in a way when you do when you do go through that down that rabbit hole of looking at something that everyone can experience pretty much. Yep. Except for, where did you say it was illegal? Uh, Vatican City and the Philippines. Philippines, yeah, yeah. and there, ma- there must be a few others in there, of course. But anyway. no, there's one other. Oh wow. Mm. Okay, can't remember what it is. Well, there you go. This is divorce. We're asking what happens if we get divorced. Not Jan and I. No, we're not married. No, well, not yet. Mm. Oh, here's a girlfriend, people. Stay off. <laughs> Stay back. Um, we've got so much more to get through. Up next is Dr. Priscilla Dunk-West from Flinders University. She'll be on to talk to us all about co-parenting. This is What Happens If on Joy. Woo-hoo. Joy! This is What Happens If on Joy 94.9. Tonight we're asking the question, what happens if we get divorced? We've had some text in. Mm. Um, our first text 
was this one. After 33 years of not being able to marry, I married the man of my dream six months ago today. There is absolutely no sign of divorce at this stage. That's from Mark in Kensington. Well, good news, Mark. That is good news. They're not the statistic. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, keep those texts coming through. 0427JOY949 if you have a story around divorce that you'd like to share. We'd be happy to read it out for you. Um, maybe you grew up in a household where your parents divorced and maybe that was in a time when divorce was looked down upon. Would love to hear from that. Yeah. Uh, up next is our first guest. Uh, this is uh, Priscilla Dunkwest is a senior lecturer at Flinders University. Her recent article posted on the conversation titled How to Co-Parent After Divorce looks at the world of modern co-parenting and answers some questions for those of us that may be staring down the barrel of such a, well, a daunting task. Um, luckily, she's here with us now to talk us through it. Dr. Priscilla, thanks for joining the program. Hi, great to be here. Uh, you are, we always say this, we always let our doctors know that you are not our yeah, first doctor. Yeah, we've had, true. we've had many doctors before you, Dr. That's Priscilla, right. yep. but, uh, never named after Priscilla Queen of the Desert. <laughs> <laughs> so you're perfect, yeah, perfect for, uh, Joy 94.9, I must say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dr. Priscilla, let's start with the first question. What does co-parenting look like in Australia today? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Um, I think we've gone through some generational change in terms of divorce and certainly I think there's a bit of kind of negativity that hangs around divorce, certainly in the literature around, you know, research that occurs in divorce. It's always, you know, what are the impacts on the children? Is it, you know, are there wellbeing issues? And we tend to focus on this kind of pretty old-fashioned concept of a broken family Um, and I think that sort of is still hanging around. But what we do know or what we knew anecdotally as kind of social scientists is that people navigate this in very creative and new ways and this wasn't necessarily being captured uh, in the literature and in research projects. So we decided to design a study where we asked people who had kind of worked it out for their post-separation parenting relationship as positive uh, in general and we spoke to them. We did a small scale in-depth study. So obviously divorce and separation can be a tough and awkward time for families. What resources are available to help families through these rough times? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's not only an emotional sort of break from, you know, somebody perhaps that you imagine you'd be together for the rest of your lives, um, but it's also a legal issue. And so people often seek information about legal matters uh, to do with divorce. So Mm. certainly um, local legal centres are places that people go to. Um, People kind of tend to rely on word of mouth, asking people who had been through it themselves. And I've just finished another study looking at where people go to as soon as they, you know, decide to separate. And that's one of the findings that we have is that people sort of, there's a kind of network of knowledge, if you like. So there are services out there Mm. to help people. Well, that's Um, what... um that's what Jan and I were talking about today is that we've actually, I guess, until you've been through it, you don't realise the, the grief and the emotion behind such a huge decision to be made. And it's not just that, it's not just a breakup where you can say goodbye and never see the person again and delete them off your social media. There's so much more to go through once uh, you've made that decision. And then when kids are involved, it's a huge other thing. Absolutely. So parents have this enduring connection post um, separation and divorce. And that's because, you know, both of them want to co-parent. We have a greater appreciation of um, men's roles in in children's lives these days, much more kind of contemporary approach, whereas in the past, if if it was a a straight couple getting divorced, then often the expectation was that the father wasn't involved in their lives. So we, we have a greater appreciation of the role of both parents. And so this enduring connection is really important to sort of work on, even if things start out as quite acrimonious, we found that people were able to sort of navigate their way through their arrangements. So what so work... The other thing... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the other, the other thing to say is that, you know, given that we've got same-sex marriage now, this is this may be an issue for um, LGBT, you know, um, people uh, in same-sex relationships with children uh, who are perhaps facing separation or divorce. The stats that we've got at the moment are really only about divorces from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. So it doesn't capture separations that happen. Um, and so we, we know roughly that around 21,000 people divorce with children in Australia per year. But as I said, that figure doesn't include 
people who are, who are perhaps not married, had been living together um, and had decided to separate. So it's likely to be higher. Mm. What, do, what do we know about um, the effect of divorce or separation across the board for children? Is there, is there work being done around, about the, around the lasting effects of, of that, so I suppose, trauma? Mm. So it's interesting the way you frame that. So <clears throat> I suppose what we found is that, so researchers, we only know what we ask, right? So as researchers, if we keep asking what are the lasting effects of the trauma, what's the damage that's done, if we keep asking those questions, then we ignore the other side of things, which is parents who are child-focused, child-centred, really take into account um, children's um, perspectives in terms of practices across households, those sorts of things. And so then we do know in some studies that there there can be, particularly if it's acrimonious, there can be effects on children, obviously. Um, but what we know is that parents are now kind of really thinking about how to be a good parent and how to be a good co-parent. And so we know that they're sort of, they're building resilience for their child in terms of looking at the world from their perspective and understanding their needs and, and kind of really responding to those needs. So, so we're not uh, we're not just, um, I suppose, married, but we're parents as well in a, in a separate way. It feels like it feels like what we're talking about is that you can be a good parent and not be married, and you can be a good, uh, uh, yeah, I suppose, have have love for your children without there being the the certificate. Yeah, that's right. And and so what we found is that people talked about um, letting things go that they wouldn't have let go in the relationship. Um, so, you know, if their um, co-parent is kind of being irritating or some of their habits came out, that actually those things were things that they could let go and just think, well, it doesn't matter because my focus is on being a co-parent rather than being in an intimate relationship with this person. So we spoke to, we, it was, as I said, it was a small-scale study, so we spoke to 22 women and five men, and five of the women in our sample had been in a same-sex relationship, so had separated from their same-sex partner. Um so uh, we kind of got a bit of a, a bit of a sense of how things went for those people, and we found really that the, the biggest sort of finding, I guess, is that being child-centred was really important. Seeing the world from a child's perspective, which included understanding the needs of their age range or their age group, understanding, um, you know, that decisions should be based on the children's needs and then creating creating a really good atmosphere for the children. So what do children need across households? Asking that question, really. What are the practices, the rituals? Um, what toys will be, you know, across both households? Will you, you know, take, take the toys across households? Will you duplicate the toys? Those sorts of things. Um, and so, we yeah, being child centre was really at the centre of this. I, I I was listening actually recently to um, something on the radio, and they were talking about um, some studies into what matters to children, and I, I found I found it quite quite heartening. That, you know, that the basic things that matter to children were that you know I need to breathe clean air, and I need to um, have like healthy food on my table. You know, I feel like mm -hmm. I feel like th this is a good. Uh, angle that I'm, I'm feeling uplifted in this conversation because i feel like what we're talking okay. about is we can take care of each other in any That's situation fine. whether you're going through a divorce or a separation or or marriage you can take care of yep. each other within all those circumstances absolutely and i think you know it's, i really love hearing those studies when children when you ask children what they want and often they talk about their community what they want from their community mm. and they want that thing they want trees and they want fresh air and they want friendliness from people and, you know, all of those things that we sort of, we often forget and children are really good at reminding adults about, you know, what their needs are. And I think just asking children, checking in with them is, is a really good thing. Um, in terms of, you know, different choices that parents have when they're separating, one of the emerging kind of trends is this bird nesting trend. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Yeah. Um, so it's this idea that the children... After separation, the children stay in the family home and one, and the parents take it in turns kind of moving in and out of that home. Mm. Um, and often the co-parents will share an apartment or a second kind of residence, um, when they're not with the children. So that's this idea that the children are at the centre there. And, you know, some people do this for a while and while they work out, you know, what's going to happen, but it gives some continuity to children, I think. Well, Priscilla Dunkwest from 
the uh, from Flinders University. Thank you so much for joining us on What Happens If. It's been great having you on talking to us about co-parenting. Uh, besides the conversation, is there any, anywhere else people can go to see your work, your Twitter, for example? Uh, yeah, yeah. My tw- I'm on Twitter, um, at dunk underscore west. And, um, yeah, the conversation is probably a good good place to sort of get a summary of the research. And it sort of, we ask people to give advice to other parents who might be in the process of separating. What would they tell them that they know now? So that's summarised on that piece too. Priscilla, thanks so much for joining us on What Happens If. This program contains topics that may be a trigger for some listeners. If you are affected, please call Switchboard or QLife 3pm to midnight daily on 1800 or Lifeline on 131114, 24 hours a day. Joy! Hey, this is What Happens If on Joy 94.9 and tonight we're asking the question, what happens if we get divorced? Me and you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. We'd have to get married first. Oh, yeah. spoiler, we're not married people. We're not even boyfriends. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> Got a long way to go. Yeah, we really do. Or do we? We've known each other a long time. <laughs> anyway, uh, you're not divorced. No. I'm not divorced. Never have been. But uh, I think if you're going to get divorced, what you're supposed to do is call a lawyer. Okay. So maybe what you do is go to KHQ Lawyers and you speak to Christina Antinatis, who's here with us now. Hey, Christina. Hi, guys. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. Christina, we put the question to you. Mm-hmm. What is the number one thing we need to think about uh, when we're thinking about divorce? When you think about divorce, uh, see a lawyer. So we actually see a lot of people before they even separate. So they're thinking about it. Things aren't great. Um, and we off, they often come to us. Sometimes we actually initiate the separation for them um, if there's family violence by helping them get an intervention order or writing to their spouse. Uh, the other way we do it is they come to us and they say, look, things aren't great. This is what's been happening. Not ready to leave yet, but what are my rights? Um, and then sometimes people come back a month, a week, a year, and they say, I'm ready now. What are your rights? Mm. What, what, what rights do you have? That's so a, many. Really? Yeah. So property. You've got property rights. Um, you have parental responsibility with your children. You have, um, I mean, pets are even considered property, so superannuation. So there are so many things you need to consider um, when you are separating prior to even being divorced because you can financially separate, finalise children's matters, everything before you're even divorced. Children's matters. Oh, I know. That's hard, isn't it? That's the tough one. Ah, oh, it must be. Yeah. Because I remember, you know, I was saying just before when we were off, I was saying when we had Innes in mm. and she's speaking about... Um, wills, she was talking about, well, I suppose I would maybe put it as the power of marriage in that circumstance. Yeah, so, finally. Yeah, and so yeah. so when we're talking about children's matters, we, we really are talking about guardianship? Uh, not guardianship. No. What, what people often refer to as custody. Custody. So who a child is to live with, who a child is to spend time with, communication via telephone, where a child's going to go to school, what religion, whether they can travel overseas, like anything you can think about that you'd have to make a decision as a parent can be dealt with. But, okay, okay, maybe I'm just going down the rabbit hole here, but um, I get a divorce mm-hmm. and there are children involved mm-hmm. and the other person gets custody. Yep. Do my rights change? Your rights don't change. So under the law, any parent, so any legal parent, um, and it's different obviously for gay men than it is for lesbians because lesbians can both be legal parents, but gay men can't, and that's a whole nother show, I think. Mm, um, but that. your rights don't change in so far as any legal parent has what's called um, parental responsibility for their child. So it's a presumption by law that says you are jointly able to make decisions about religion, um, medical decisions, schooling decisions, all the big ticket items you both can legally make. It can only be rebutted by a court making an order removing that from you. So let's break it down. So the initial stage is, I want a divorce. Yep. So then what happens? Okay. So the initial thing is, so why don't we break it down to kids first, okay? Yeah. So you've got, say, two kids you want to separate, and I'm differentiating between separate and divorce Mm. because you can't get divorced until you've been separated for 12 months. Okay. So that's the first thing. Okay. But you can finalise things before you get divorced. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So 
you got two kids and you say, okay, I want to, I want to separate, um, who the first thing is, who are the kids going to live with? So mm. just say, um, you know, biological mum, for example, is the kids are going to live with biological mum. Um, and then the other mother might see them five nights a fortnight. So mm. they still both have the legal rights to make decisions about the children, but they just are living predominantly with one parent over the other. They've just come to an agreement. Correct, which doesn't always happen, as you would appreciate. Yeah. What, so if, if an agreement, sorry if I'm jumping ahead. No, go But for if it. an agreement isn't, can't be reached, mm-hmm. what happens then? few things. The first one is if it's amicable, you can go to mediation and try to resolve a matter. What we usually see when there's no agreement for who the children are to live with, parties generally continue to live under the one roof until an agreement can be reached, which isn't ideal for anybody. The kids feel the tension, the parties hate each other, they sleep in separate rooms, um, but neither of them want to relinquish that time with the child. Mm. Tough one. Yeah. Yeah, that is tough. Mm. Generally, though, generally speaking, um, once a party has um, legal advice, we're able to communicate with that other lawyer. And the way we practice is we say, okay, get that person, get the lawyer, let's sit down around a table and let's talk this through, Mm -hmm. okay, because that's the best way to do this. What we always say to people is we can go in, you know, all guns blazing, but you've got a parent with this person for at least another 15, 20 years. You know, it doesn't end when the children turn 18. Mm. What's it like uh, working for a, a law firm when you do have to confront these kind of awkward situations? What's it like being in the room? Um, it's really, it can be really confronting. Mm. Um, it's, you have people, you see people at their worst. And often we find when we're in a room um, with another party, there's always one person that was ready to separate and so that person is further along in the grieving process so they're okay they're ready to settle things but the parent that didn't see it coming or wasn't ready for it they really struggle they really Mm. struggle to kind of engage and there's always a point where there's a bit of anger and a bit of yelling and accusing and once that's kind of gone then they can kind of calm a little and and have some discussions. I think the key point that you said that you raised there was grieving process because actually you don't I don't think about it like that, but particularly when I mean it's like it's like a loss when you it is loss yeah yes. when you when you've lost someone you go through the you go through anger sadness but you're yeah. actually going through it in front of someone and it's it's not just a breakup like you know when you're dating someone you break up okay I never see that person again exactly you have to break up and then work everything out with this person exactly mm. it's Oof. it's really yeah it's really tough like Mm. we we have like a panel of psychologists we refer people to because um sometimes we're the first person they've told or sometimes they come and see us and they go look things haven't been great a b and c has been happening and we have to actually say that that's a form of family violence and so that's quite confronting from them to kind of sit back and go i I never knew that you know so yeah it it can be very very full-on i was gonna i was gonna take it back even maybe another step yeah it it seems um it's always seemed like i've wanted to always question the idea that you know this i mean you see it so often in it's so often the 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 dramatic conflict in a in a in a drama is that Mm. one person wants the other person to sign the papers yeah you know there's always that sort of basic Mm storyline just sign the papers and he or she won't sign the papers Mm -hmm. yeah you know i've always wondered why it is that when it gets to the stage of signing the papers why is it why does one person have to wait for the other person to sign <laughs> like i don't understand why <laughs> you sign the paper like yep. you're done yeah they can stay in it <laughs> is that strange to ask that question? i've just felt like i've never understood why so that's that's really american but having it said is. that okay. yeah but having said that um so in the family court here if parties agree so only 3% of matters actually ever go to a final hearing. So there's always hearings beforehand to resolve kind of interim stuff. Who's going to live in the house? Who's going to have the kids? All of those sorts of things. Um, and usually over the course of a matter, you're able to negotiate with the other side and settle it. Why wouldn't you want to go to a final hearing? Just the expense of uh, it? The or? expense. And also um, we're just really mindful that they are parents mm. um, and they do have to continue to have a relationship for the kids. So we don't want them to go to a final hearing, A, when they don't need to because of the expense, but B, because of the impact upon their ongoing parenting relationship and the, and the kids. 
Um, so we kind of look at it holistically and think, you know, this is what will happen if you do go to a final hearing. Mm. What You spoke a little bit before about family violence when that mm. crops up perhaps as a surprise. Mm. Um, now, what kinds of things can people do or what do you tell people about keeping themselves safe or the kids safe in that you know, you talk about the 12 months in that time. Tell you what, that's a great question. Let's come back. All right, great. Because I feel like that's going to have a long answer. That so let's, have let's a give long it some answer. time. Yeah, good um, one. Let's go to some ads and come back. This is what happens if I join 94.9. We're talking to Christina Antoniadis. Perfect. From KHQ, KHQ Lawyers tonight. We're asking what happens if we get divorced. This is Joy. I'm sorry, Jan, what were you going to say? You and me. Yeah, you and me, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is Joy. Joy. This is what happens if on Joy 94.9 and tonight we're asking the question, what happens if we get divorced? Mm. We are still joined by our lovely guest from KHQ, KHQ Lawyers, <laughs> Christina Antoniatis. Yeah. Um, Christina, we kicked, uh, we left you with a question from Jan. Jan, do you yeah. want to go through that again? Yeah, we were talking about, um, how people, how you talk to people about keeping themselves safe in that period between separation and divorce or, or yeah. in that timeline for kids and, so part of part of our job, um, and although you know it's not a, we're not officially trained in it, um, is to assess the risk to a client. Um, unfortunately, you know my colleague Monica Blizzard and a couple of our team have had clients that have been seriously hurt and even murdered um, over the years. And so for us, you know we've had police come in and speak to us. So you know an indicator that someone is at, at seri- serious risk is if there's any sort of strangulation by a partner. Any any form of physical abuse is obviously an indicator straight away. Um, manipulative behaviour, obsessive behaviour, and behaviour that escalates very yeah. quickly. Um, for us, we just go, no, that's um, that's a concern. So what we we actually work quite closely with a group um, called Protective Group, um, and they're two men, Steve Wilson and Steve Schultz, who are former detectives with Victoria Police. And they went out and they start, they do risk assessments for a job. So we call them and say, look, we're concerned about this client. Can you, you know, help us out? And they'll come in and, you know, they'll sweep a house to make sure there are no bugs because there often are. Um, they'll mm. look at computers, um, to make sure they're not being tracked or their keyboard strokes aren't being, you know, followed. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, they'll look at mobile phones to make sure there's no tracking devices on them. Um, and so once we kind of eliminate immediate risk of being followed and those sorts of things, you know, or, you know, at the same time we get intervention orders um, through the magistrate's court, which restrains someone from coming within a certain distance of the family, um, you know, engaging with them at all unless it's pursuant to a court order or by agreement. So we can implement things fairly quickly and I think because of our experience and what we've seen happen to clients we're really um, on the ball with that sort of stuff uh, and we make sure that they're protected um, mm-hmm. pretty much off the bat and it's really sad some people come in and they don't think they are at risk but we just say no that's that's a red you're flag on a for slip, us. You're on a slippery slope yeah. we know it. We know yeah. how to protect it past better than you do. Yeah even financial abuse you know not, not yeah. being able to see other people I've had a number of active for a number of gay clients who their ex-partners are threatened to reveal their HIV status that's an automatic ground for getting an intervention order mm-hmm. revealing someone's sexuality whether it be at work you know people have sent emails um, to their former partner's workplace outing them all those things for us red flags intervention order um can't come within a certain distance can't communicate can't text are these kind of behavioral things that you pick up on and say hang on something's not right here something's being hidden or is it eventually is it also about that uh lawyer client uh relationship that eventually things will open up it's both. Mm. Um, at the st- when we find people that are women, and I'm generalising here, that are particularly mm. at risk, mm-hmm. um, they are very. They don't trust you. Mm. They're very scared to um, let you in. And in those cases, they'll just give you little bits of information over a period of time. Mm. There are other cases where the women have no idea, and they say, "My husband or my partner or my wife, whatever it may be, um, is a tech expert." And for some reason, every time I log on, um, they know how much I've taken out of the bank or so then we go straight away for us that's an indicator there's tech abuse somewhere in there and somewhere they're accessing that information so um, it is really awful yeah it's actually one of the worst forms of abuse at the moment because people just don't realize it's happening like parties separate location services are on their phone Mm. um, on facebook find my friend 
um, mm. is on their phone um, and they don't realise that they can be followed. Like I've had a number of clients that have been in and I said, give me your phone and I have to turn off all those settings and they're being followed by their partner. So wow, big indicator for us. Yeah, technology must be shifting the trends. It is. Far too quickly. It is. Um, and, you know, whereas you've got physical abuse that's there in your face, tech abuse flies under the radar. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the detection is a whole different ball game. Mm, yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, towards the beginning of our chat the difference between custody laws uh, between uh, those of uh, lesbian women and gay men. Do you want mm. to talk us through that? So, yeah, the Family Law Act... Um, allows recognition of two women on a child's birth certificate. So um, it doesn't matter whether you're biological or non-biological mum, you're both on the birth certificate subject to there being consent, you being in a relationship um, and a child being conceived at that time. Um, so what that means is a donor, whether that donor is um, going to be a co-parent, whether that donor is going to have nothing to do with it, whatever it might be, they have no legal parental responsibility, no rights to this child. So what we see a lot, lesbian couple, um, two gay men want to co-parent. The gay men are actually not legally recognised as his child's parent. Um, Likewise, if um, two gay men go to wherever, America, for example, um, and do surrogacy over there, um, if in the country in which they do surrogacy, both the men aren't named on the birth certificate, they're not legally parents in Australia. So none of that has changed with the marriage laws? No. There you go. None of that has changed. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. yeah. What the, it I, can be cured in a way. You can get a court order to say you both both of the men have parental responsibility, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give them the status of a legal parent. And, you know, from that flows for the children identity issues around, you know, well, who are my legal parents? Um, some birth certificates have a surrogate on it and the, and the other parent. Um, so, yeah, in Australia you can't actually do that. At the moment, again, like I, d- I don't want to go too far back, but like I, I just wonder what the logic was when that decision was made, or was it just that the decision was made to have that? Okay, yeah, well, two women on the bus, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But then they just did they just not think of the of the situation oh, where there might be two men, it, or was it, it like baffles me? Well, it, it's just a, such a strange moment to think of. Uh, yeah, well, like right, okay, yeah, two women, yeah, okay, so, yeah, sorted, sorted. Yeah, two men. Now we won't worry about that. Yeah. I mean, what? I know. Did I, they I just agree. Skip that meeting. Or it was this big. I don't know. <laughs> was, was everyone tired? Yeah, I, it's it, very strange. I think it would have been too complicated for them because if you Perhaps think about would, all right. the different scenarios, yeah. you know, one father co-parenting with two lesbian, one lesbian, one gay man, one straight man, one lesbian. You know, there's so many different combinations. I don't think they would have been able to get their heads around. Yeah, it. I think, I think it was, yeah. it's not that much to compute, though. <laughs> yeah, no, but we're talking about. Oh, I won't. Yeah, I should yeah, really. No, yeah. Well, exactly. I think all the straight white men that were making the rules couldn't uh, really compute that one. It was just say, too far. Yeah. yeah. But we are at the moment, as part of the Rainbow Families, um, Victoria, looking at um, amendments to the Assisted Reproductive Treatment Act, which deals with all that stuff. Yeah, oh my goodness. And I was, that was the thing I was, I was, surely it would just be just a couple of little amendments. Yeah, but it's very hard to get those couple of little amendments through. They're yeah. so little, though. <laughs> Remember that postal survey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I blocked it out. <laughs> oh, the anniversary's coming up that soon. Is it really? Mm. Already? Should be, yeah. Wow. Good times. <sighs> Anyway, (laughs) well, yeah, speaking of that, uh, now that we can all get divorced, uh, Mm. Christina, give us your rundown, like maybe a step-by-step list of how how we go about this. Okay, first thing would be to get some advice um, so that at least you know where you're at. Your next step, if it's a parenting matter, is to go to um, mediation through through family dispute resolution. If you come to an agreement, it's very easy. You document it. You both sign so that you then file those documents with the court. No court mm-hmm. appearance required. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's no agreement at mediation, you then have to go off to court. Yep. Um, and at court, you file documents to start the process, which is an application which outlines the orders you want. And you have to remember that it's a year of separation first. No, that's just to get divorced. Okay. You can do this a week after you separate. Oh, okay. So they're very separate. So some people, there's a myth that you have to be divorced before you can settle all of this stuff. Okay. Divorce is kind of irrelevant. I've got people that have settled the matter and 17 years later are still married. They just can't be bothered getting divorced. So can you marry someone else? No. Okay. Not until you divorce. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, okay. so That's yeah. why they're always like, sign the papers. Because <laughs> yeah. they've already fallen to someone else. <laughs> that's in the story. Because exactly. they love marriage. Yeah. yeah. Can that's I tell right. you, though, after we did get the yes vote through, um, I had gay divorces and lesbian divorces coming out of 
every which way can I tell you because people had married overseas yes. separated years uh, ago and were still legally married in Australia that, because yes I if you can't legally get married then you can't legally get divorced correct ta-da yeah <laughs> The government should have thought about that. That's one. it. Okay, and then yeah. so where, sorry, where did I cut you off at? Um, so if Separation. you can't separate, um, yes. you can't settle it at mediation. You got to go to court, and you have a few interim hearings to determine things like who lives in the house, where the children live, interim financial arrangements for you know everyone to have enough money to get by, and then it goes off to a final hearing, um, which can be twelve to eighteen months. So. The weight, the expense, all of that. We're always trying to do things, you know, informal kind of mediations along the way to settle it. Um, Christina, this might be something that is sort of, I don't know, maybe triggering for some people. Do you have any advice for people that are thinking about this and maybe afraid to come forward? What sort of support is there available for them? Um, we've got a great, um, a great resource in the Drummond Street. Um, yeah, Drummond Street is a community centre. I kind of I just call it Drummond Street. Mm-hmm. They have counsellors. They have a lot of really good people there. Um, I think for people, often you've got to be ready to separate. And in my experience, if you're unhappy and things aren't going well, you know, get get that advice. It doesn't mean you have to separate. Um, and then you can sit back and go, okay. I'll do this when I'm ready. What we've found is anyone that's come to see us, come to see us and got that advice and go, okay, I'm just going to do it and wasn't ready. Nine times out of 10, they'll go back, mm. um, because they haven't been ready to take that step. So mm. I would say get as much information as you can, get as much support as you can and do it subject to you being safe. Do it when you feel ready to, because if you're not ready, you'll probably end up going back. Christine Anginalis from KHQ Lawyers. I wish I could say that better. Yeah, me too. KHQ Lawyers. Joy! This is What Happens If on Joy 94.9. And tonight we've been asking the question, what happens if we get divorced? Down. (laughs) It has to have a bit of a negative tone to it, that jingle, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like when they used to go bankrupt on uh, Wheel of Fortune. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) With, uh, what do they call her on Kath and Kim, Adriana Obscenities? (laughs) No, that's terrible. Um... We, yeah, it's been an interesting episode, as it always is, if we don't mind saying so myself. Uh, we did have some text in, and we yeah. thank you so much for getting in touch. This is a great one, because someone's corrected us, and I love that. Yes. Um, so, Brad from Melbourne said, um, on a technicality, you're correct, we may only just have ha- have just have been allowed gay marriage, so gay divorce may be just starting. However... The law still recognised gay de facto relationships, so in practical terms, many of us have already gone through much of what you are talking about anyway. That's a great point. Because, it's, like I said, my, my, my parents never married, but mm. when they separated, that's still a thing. Absolutely. Like, everything's in place there. Yeah. Children involved, like we've heard about, children involved is a big thing. Mm. Possessions involved, big thing. Mm. You know, like... Well, yeah, and it, it kind of also relates to that other point that um, Priscilla Dunkwest from Flinders University was talking about, that through her research that she does in social work, uh, gay marriage and divorce hasn't been considered when it comes to co-parenting because they weren't part of the statistics. Yeah. So now we will, uh, as citizens, be contributing to those kind of that kind of research yeah. as well, which is interesting. Yeah, and I'll also note that some of the statistics I was reading out from um, <laughs> the Australian Bureau of Statistics and, uh, and other sources were not from 2018. And part of the reason for that is that it takes a while to get statistics around divorce because it's something that happens over a long period of time generally yeah you know like there are some very short marriages but there's a, such a breadth in terms of how long marriages last that um it can just take a while for the numbers to sort of um get put together we had another text we did this is uh, just a nice little story here my parents were divorced when i was nine and remarried each other when i was 30 my father said he never really stopped loving my mother, even though he had remarried and was married to another lady for 20 years. That's from Grant. Wow. That's amazing. It is amazing. Well, and, that, and this is what we kind of learn uh, in our little show is that there's no, there's no right way. No. You know, and I think what some of the things that we've taken from today is that communication is how important communication mm. is. And like what you were saying about how, maybe you were saying this off air, I can't remember, but, uh, the, 
um, divorce is sometimes seen as a bad thing. Yeah. Don't do it. Bad for the kids. But maybe yeah, if you yeah, communicate yeah. with the right in the right way and make sure your kids are safe. I mean, oh, who knows? We don't have kids. We 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 no, have no idea what we're talking about. It's very hard to speculate on that. But yeah. but it but it is it is I think it is worth saying that you can do a thing well. And at my sense, the sense that I'm getting from who we've listened to and from the reading we've done is that we're getting better at it. Yeah. That's a strange thing to say, mm. but hopefully that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Yeah. Now, it'd be bad, it'd be worse for everyone, especially people getting divorced, if we were bad at divorce. Yeah. We want to be getting better at divorce, even though it's, a, it's clearly a last resort yep. in a personal, as a personal circumstance. We know that it's like a not a nice thing to go through. That's okay. But if you are going to go through it, let's do it well together and for the, for the, for the good of everyone. But it's also that thing of it may be not a good thing to go through, but it may also be a real necessity. Exactly. It may be time to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, and we've heard about, you know, instances of, of family violence, mm. uh, et cetera, and that's, uh, that ain't nothing, you know. People, people need to do what's right for them. Well, you, uh, we thought we'd pick up on the Drummond Street comment. Yes, that, that's right. Uh, Christina made. Yes, yeah, so I had a little look at that. It's called Drummond Street Services, and you can go to their website, www.ds.org.au. You can call on 0396636733. They are, um, they are working in areas of, um, family support and also, um, uh, for support for migrants too, it looks like, and um, refugees, and uh, all sorts of wonderful community services, and obviously they're based out of Drummond Street. <laughs> Sounds perfect. That's, <laughs> that's that's the link. <laughs> it all makes sense. We're putting the puzzle together. By yeah. the way, we have a podcast. Yeah, and you need to download it now. Or, or, or you, you maybe you don't because you're listening to this right now as a podcast. In which case, thank you. In which case. Move that thumb down. Give me five stars, baby. Yeah, move it down a <laughs> little bit more. A little bit more. Little more. See that word rating? R-A-T-I-N-G, it's spelt. Yeah. Yeah. See how there's those stars just below that? Just pop your thumb right over that end one. Just tap it. Not the not the left side, the right side where the fifth star is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank oh, that you. That feels good. Get... <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. Yeah. We also have an Instagram. Yep. Uh, it's at, at what happens, happens if, if joy. joy. And there's these really great videos on there. Honestly, yeah. if you don't, if you're wondering, I wonder what those two guys look like. <laughs> those are the people who download the podcast. Yeah. Get on there and yeah. check us out. Yep. Chuck us a like, chuck us a follow, whatever. You can see what we're wearing each week. Next week we're doing, next week we're going out of space. Literally. Literally, we're going to be broadcasting. We're literally going out of space. <laughs> we're going to be broadcasting from Mars. But Dan, there's no air up there. How yep. are we going to broadcast? I'll take me phone up. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're that's... like those people who got killed in the um, beer flood. Remember them? <laughs> yeah. Go back into your podcast app and go. <laughs> you'll find it. <laughs> well, we always try and choose a song that relates to uh, <laughs> to the topic. Do we? Well, I do. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Uh, it's a great song. It is a great song. Uh, this has been What Happens If. Tonight we asked what happens if we get divorced. Next mm. week we're asking what happens if we move to Mars. Move to Mars. This is Joy 94.9. Up next is Urban Dreaming. You're on Joy.